let's pray, shall we? Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love towards us. We thank you for your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And we just pray this morning that God, we just receive from your word and that we'd be able to put it into practice. And I just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I want to talk this morning about uh, the power of uh, corporate prayer. I think one of, the, uh, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it's the story of Jehoshaphat, who's the king of Judah. And he's being attacked by three armies who have combined together, the forces of Moab, the Ammonites, and the Menuhites. And it says in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 3, it says, Shaken, Jehoshaphat prayed. He went to God for help and ordered a nationwide fast. The country of Judah united in seeking God's help. They came from all the cities of Judah to pray to God. In other words, he just got the whole nation together in unity, praying. And then a prophetic word came. And the prophetic word basically said not to fear the enemies, but that they were going to have victory in the battle. And so on the day of battle, uh, it says in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. And as they began to sing in praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found there was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. So these guys went from what looked like certain defeat to just an amazing victory. And not only a victory, but they, they gathered up gold and silver and goods for three days afterwards, which was just a tremendous blessing. God is the only one who can take certain defeat and translate it into victory. Amen? He answered their collective prayer. Uh, there, there are so many accounts in the Word of God about how God answered the corporate prayers of groups or of nations. But what about today? What about today? Can God still do that sort of thing today on that sort of scale? Yeah, He can. Uh, you may not realize it, but God did an amazing series of miracles to protect the Allies in World War II when the Commonwealth prayed. So on 10th of May 1940, Hitler launched his blitzkrieg against the lower countries in France. And by the end of the second week of May, the French defences had broken and the German panzer forces were rapidly advancing towards victory. So basically, uh, all these black ones are the Germans... Uh, this is um, Calais, uh, Dunkirk here. The red were the Allied forces, and they were just absolutely getting thrashed by the, the tanks and the panzer forces coming through. And they were basically being squeezed. The, um, the French line had been broken, and there was just nowhere for them to go. That was uh, the situation. So uh, Pro Prime Minister Churchill... He said that he feared he would have to announce 
the greatest military disaster in English history. He expected to lose 350,000 men who were trapped by the Nazis. Then uh, His Majesty King George VI requested that Sunday the 26th of May 1940 should be observed as a national day of prayer. He called the people of Britain and the Commonwealth to commit their cause to God. And that's a, um, that's a photo that was published in the paper of people lining up to get into Westminster Abbey uh, to pray. And they, they say there was absolute millions. Uh, so the king, the members of the parliament, they all went to Westminster Abbey while millions of his subjects in all parts of the Commonwealth flocked to churches to pray. The whole nation was in prayer on that Sunday. The paper said nothing like it had ever happened in the history of the nation before. And even in rural New Zealand, Penny's mum was telling us how uh, they gathered in community halls and churches and prayed. What happens when God's people pray? What happens when a nation prays? Well, God answers. And... (coughs) The very day that the nation prayed, Hitler inexplicably overruled his generals and halted the advance of the armoured columns at the very point that they could have overrun the British army. Historians have not got a clue why he did that. But he basically stopped their advance and just held their positions. That was the first miracle. The second miracle that happened was a storm of unprecedented fury broke out over Flanders. Would you just, uh, Yaron, would you just flick it back to that, um, that map? Yeah, that one there. So basically, a storm happened all through this area here. Okay. Now, the effect of that storm was it grounded the German Luftwaffe um, squadrons and it enabled the British army to move up the coast in the darkness of the storm and the violence of the rain with scarcely any interruption from aircraft. That just simply couldn't operate under those stormy conditions. The third thing was that Despite there being a storm here, out here, it was absolutely flat calm. It was like we read about the children of Israel being protected by a cloud and a fire at night from the Egyptian army. It was exactly the same thing. There was a storm here and there was calm here. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, They say that the English Channel and its waters became still as a mill pond. And it was quite extraordinary. And it was that calm which enabled uh, an armada of 850 little boats, bigger ships and warships to go back and forth uh, in a desperate bid to rescue as many of the men as possible. So basically, um, it's... 33 kilometres from the English coast across to Dunkirk. And so you had little boats, 15-footers, going across and then ferrying the troops from the shore to the bigger boats, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They rescued 
Out of the 350,000, they rescued 338,000 men. Even, some, even though some of the German squadrons did get through, it seemed that there was another miracle. A chaplain wrote that he was with about 400 men that were being systematically machine-gunned and bombed by about 60 enemy aircraft who eventually got through. The chaplain said he flung himself down with the rest and that after the strafing had finished, uh, he was amazed to find that there was not one single casualty and he found that the sand all around where he'd been lying was pitted with bullet holes and that in the sand there was... a his figure outlined with bullet holes. Those events are documented in history. And uh, the miraculous answers to corporate prayer. Uh, World War II is finished. But we are still in a battle. We're in a battle for eternity. The Bible says that our enemy, the devil... It comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we recognize his works and his traps in, in our nation, which is just spiraling downwards and is now one of the most secular nations in the world. We recognize Satan's traps and his lies and the lies of our young people. Northland has some of the highest youth suicide rates in the world. And you'll find that the enemy always tries to target the seed. He always tries to cut off the plans and the purposes of God by targeting the young. And that's what he's been doing in our particular region. You know, New Zealanders spend $1.4 million a day on methamphetamines, which cause over a billion dollars a year of social damage. We are in a battle. We are in a battle. Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, Our struggle... It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. We are in a battle, and it's a battle we can't abdicate from. There is no neutral territory in this battle, people. It's a battle that we can't win by ourselves, but it's a battle that God wants us to win. It's a battle that we can win with God's help. But we've got to recognize we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not using physical guns and knives to win this battle, we've got to use the spiritual tools that God places um, with us. 2 Chronicles 10.4 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. They're not the physical weapons. <clears throat> On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish stronghold. And one of the greatest weapons that God has given us is prayer. Prayer enables us to plug in to the power and the authority of God it's where we go from physical weapons to all powerful spiritual weapons. <clears throat> We've already seen what happens when a nation prays. And although I want to focus on the power of corporate prayer this morning, I don't want to minimize the power of personal prayer. Individuals praying because God answers our individual prayers as well. Amen? How many people here who have had a miraculous answer to prayer? Yeah, most of us, most of us. About seven or eight years ago, I was 
sitting at the table at home. I think I was playing Catan with uh, Stephen and Prue. And when I got up from the table, I was hit by a nauseous feeling. It wasn't because I was losing. <laughs> I was just hit by a nauseous feeling. I, I went in the bedroom, and the next thing I know, I'm on my knees vomiting with excruciating pain. Got the ambulance, and in hospital, I found out that I had kidney stones, which I passed over the next uh, few days. So I was in hospital for about four days, I think, at that stage. It was one of the most painful experiences that I'd ever had. About three years later, I was at Stephen and Prue's place. Wow, Stephen and Prue, that, that, that's the common denominator here, isn't it? <laughs> I was at Stephen and Prue's place, and, and again, as I stood up, I was hit by a nauseous feeling, and then I was on my knees with excruciating pain. I, I knew exactly what it was. It was the same feeling, the same intensity, the same place as before. Stephen went to call the ambulance, and Penny came over and began to pray for me. Within two minutes of her praying, I was completely healed. No pain, no nausea. Uh, we cancelled the ambulance and I haven't had any problems with kidney stones since. That's the power of prayer. In James 5 verse 14, it says, Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. You know, if you're like me, when you're sick, your faith isn't at a very high level. Most people, most people, when they're sick, when they're under attack, their faith drops. That's why God says, hey, when you get sick, get somebody else to pray for you. And they will pray the prayer of faith. If you're sick this morning, get someone with faith to pray for you. Uh, one of our hospice chaplains told me about a lady she was ministering to who was in the final stages of terminal stomach cancer. They prayed together. They did some ministry together. And she got the lady to pray for herself. Uh, the lady said she prayed twice a day, thank you, God, for healing me. Um, before this had happened, they had had the end-of-life talk uh, with her. Um, her stomach was extended with the tumour. Uh, her legs were swollen and were leaking fluid. Uh, she was released from hospice into hospital care uh, for the final uh, few weeks. And over the next few weeks, as our chaplain kept going back to her, she noticed that the woman's stomach was starting to get smaller and her leg swelling was decreasing. The, the woman appeared to be getting better. The patient went to see her doctor, who was absolutely shocked to see her walk in the door as she was supposed to be dead by then. Uh, the doctor couldn't find the huge cancerous stomach mass by physical examination, so he ordered 
a new set of tests. And four weeks ago, she received the results of those tests, which concluded that they could not find any cancer in her body. God is moving. God is moving. God is answering prayers. You know, my prayer is that the miracles that we see and that we uh, hold up as being absolutely amazing, that they would just become commonplace. They would just be everyday, everyday occurrences. You know, God answered the faith-filled prayers of individuals, but the battle that we are fighting for this region and for this nation is too big for us to fight alone. As Pastor Tark said last week, together we need to stand in the gap. Over the years, I've come to believe that a praying church is the mightiest force on earth. In fact, I believe that as a church, our dreams are only going to be fulfilled through our prayers. Mountains are not moved through might or power but by the Spirit of God. You know, it is through corporate prayer that we invade the impossible and take hold of miracles. Deuteronomy 32 verse 30 says, one will put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. So a thousand comes from one, two, you would expect to be two thousand. No, no. It's to the power of. It's exponential. It's 10,000. And that's what happens when we get together. There is an exponential release of the power of God in situations and circumstances. It's not surprising that the devil will do everything he can to try and distract and stop the church from praying because he knows that a church gathered for prayer is his demise. He knows that a praying church is his end. It's amazing the power of corporate prayer of agreement. And that's why... Uh, when writing to the church at Hebrews, uh, the Hebrew Christians, um, the writer says, don't give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Kingdom power, kingdom authority is channeled by God through his kingdom representatives on earth, and that is his church. So if you're facing an attack of the enemy, The best thing to do is fast and pray. But even better is to get a group of people to fast and pray. And the enemy will be defeated. Not only will corporate prayer result in the enemy being defeated, but when the church prays, prisoners are set free. Uh, If God can work and turn around nations, imagine what he can do in the lives of individuals. There's an occasion in Acts chapter 12, verse, um, starting at verse 5, it says, uh, and it talks about Peter being in prison. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shined in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quicker, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Peter followed him out of the prison but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. That's how out there this was. That's how absolutely miraculous this was. The person involved in it thought that he was just dreaming. But it was God. It was the prayers of the church 
that caused God to intervene in Peter's situation. When Paul and Silas were in prison, it was their prayers of agreement that caused God to respond from heaven. And if you are bound or you know people who are bound, then get someone else to pray because God answers the prayers of his people. In round about 1976-77, Penny and I, who were newly married at that stage, decided that we would pray for my brother, Alan. Now, Alan was one of these guys who was kicked out of school for being naughty. Uh, He was doing drugs. He was just just into everything. And although I I love my brother, um, he... He never, he was never one to, to want to go to church or to be involved in Christian things and anything like that. He was, he was a real, he was a lovable rebel, basically. But our, our church at that stage uh, in Hamilton uh, used to, once a month, we would write a piece of paper on a piece of paper the name of people we wanted to pray for, and we would just bring them all up to the front, and then the whole church would just pray. And you might think, well, that's a little bit impersonal. Does God answer prayer requests like that? Yeah, he does. So, so on the Sunday, we prayed for Alan. On the Wednesday, Alan rings me up. And he says, hey, on, um, on Monday night, he said, I, I had a dream. He said, I, I, I dreamt I was on a, a trip and uh, I was in an out-of-body experience. And he said, and it started to go wrong. And I found myself spiraling down a dark tunnel. And as I was spiraling down, Don, he said, I knew I was going to hell. And I looked up at the other end of the tunnel and I could see a white light. And so I just cried out to God. And he said, as soon as I cried out to God, I started to lift up the tunnel. Then I woke up. He said, if that wasn't bad enough, the next night, Tuesday night, I had exactly the same dream. I dreamt I was out of body and I was spiraling down a tunnel and I knew I was going to hell. And this time, he said, I... um, I cried out to Jesus, and as soon as I cried out to Jesus, as soon as I said, Jesus, save me, Alan said, he felt himself lifting up, and he was moving towards the light. And he said, Don, I've just rung you up to tell you that I've given my heart to the Lord. Wow. That, was, that was around about 1976, 1977, and Alan is still going strong for God. And... Um, <clears throat> He was part of Queen Street AOG in the early years, and um, Betty knows them well, and, and a number of others uh, do too. So that was the answer. That was an answer to the church praying. So every Thursday night, uh, we pray for lost people at our Thursday night prayer meeting. And so if you know, if you've got friends, if you've got family members, uh, come along and come along prepared to intercede for them, and let's see what God will do. The power of agreement has power to set prisoners free. You may be really struggling in areas of your life, but don't give up, but join in prayer. 
and see chains broken. All of our life groups pray. Our, our men's group, uh, they spend about half an hour every week just praying for the leadership uh, of the church. And so get involved in a life group because they will help you pray into situations and circumstances where you can't break through for yourself. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get um, Pam Perkins to come. She is one of our great life group leaders. She leads two life groups. All right, She's the only one who leads two life groups. And she's going to tell us what happened uh, when they as a group started praying for an individual. Hi, everybody. This is Marjorie. Let's come over here, Marjorie, so they can see you. And we have a story to tell you. Our life group um, is a very praying life group. We spend often more than half the life group session praying for people's needs. And we've had some amazing results, haven't we? Amazing answers from God. But the one that caps them all is Marjorie's story. So I met Marjorie back in 2013 when she came back to New Zealand after spending 27 years in Australia. And um, we got to know each other. And before long, I discovered that she had been diagnosed in 1996 with a very rare form of ovarian cancer, which caused multiple tumours, small ones and slow growing, throughout her body, even on her heart and in her lungs. And when she first came back to New Zealand, she had a lot of difficulty getting into the system and wasn't seeing a specialist or an oncologist. So I began to pray for her. And I really cried out to God to heal her. And I had such a strong conviction that God said, yes, I will heal her. And he actually gave me two texts which confirmed that. And the first one was Luke chapter 8, verse 50, where he said, don't be afraid, just have faith, and she will be healed. And so I took that promise, and I held on to it and kept praying. And Marjorie joined our life group, and the life group all began to pray for her as well. And God gave us another word, and it was this one, Psalm 41, verses 2 and 3. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. So I typed that out and gave a copy to everybody in the group, and they all took it home and they prayed on this. Now, this has been going on now since 2013. Then, two years ago, Marjorie had to go down to Auckland for radiation because one of the tumours had began to grow exponentially and she couldn't have chemo because of her age. Do you want to tell them how old you are, Marjorie? Got a moment. Tell them how old you are. No, I'm 87. She doesn't look it, does she? No. <laughs> but they couldn't treat her in any other way except with radiation. She was having six monthly scans, which was how they picked up this problem. We began to pray then that no new tumours would grow and that the existing ones in her body wouldn't grow anymore. And for the last two years, that is exactly what has happened. No new ones. But there's more. There's more. <laughs> then last month, Marjorie went for her normal um, scan, six-monthly scan, and the life group, as always, before she went, prayed for her, asked God for a good... If you... No, no, you must... Batteries. Just when we get to the good bit. 
worship leader. We won't be beaten. Can you hear me? Yes, so here's the best bit. Last month, Marjorie went for her usual scan. Normally, she would have to come, she'd be called back in about three weeks. But this time, they called her back in three days. And I think you were a bit worried, weren't you? About why it was so quick. What were they going to tell her? And when she went into the oncologist's office, he said to her, we cannot find any tumours. The scan is completely clear. So we just praise God for his amazing faithfulness. And that if we will just keep praying, and it's taken six years, but Marjorie's healed. Praise God. Thank you. Great. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So don't tell me that God doesn't heal today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he answers prayers. And you don't have to be a spiritual heavyweight to have your prayers answered. But it really, really helps if you can get together in a group and pray. And just persevere. Just keep on, keep on, keep on praying. I like that push which says pray until something happens. And uh, thanks, Pam. Corporate prayer releases the power of God in the situations and brings renewal and revival through the Holy Spirit. That, that life group, uh, so keen now that they've seen God answered prayer that they, they asked the uh, council if they could go downtown and uh, just set up a little place where they could invite people to come and be prayed for. And so that's what they're going to do. And next Easter, when we have our outreach down at uh, Rayburn House, they're, they're going to have a little tenty thing and uh, with a sign, something like, if you need prayer, come. And they're just going to pray. So you might like to talk to Pam if you want to be involved with that. Uh, but it'll be absolutely amazing to see what God will do through the prayers of his people. Amen? Corporate prayers was one of the hallmarks of the early church. Acts 1.14. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They weren't having a Tupperware party. They were having a prayer meeting. All right? Uh, Acts 2 verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Acts 4.31. And they prayed. The place after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Thousands upon thousands of people got saved, got healed, as the Holy Spirit was released through the disciples. The Holy Spirit came in answer to corporate prayer. No wonder the enemy doesn't want us to pray as a church. No wonder. He wants to keep people bound. He wants to keep people sick. He wants to keep people destitute. He wants to keep people in a hopeless situation. Whereas the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, it says, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and more abundantly. So while the enemy comes to destroy, Jesus comes to bring life. And we are the carriers of the good news. We are the ones 
that bring his light and his life into situations and circumstances. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit released into your situation, join with us and pray. Because God answers specific prayers. Let's have the musicians up, shall we? Disasters can be avoided. Nations can be healed and revived. And we're living at a time when the Bible describes as being perilous. There are wars. There are terrorists. There are earthquakes. There are famines. There are tsunamis. There are hurricanes. There are weather extremes of every kind. And they're going to get worse. This old world is running down. But God says, no matter what the source of the problem, not only can he turn it for good, but he can fix it. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land doesn't matter how bad the nation is doesn't matter how far gone our country is. If God's people will humble themselves and pray, then He will heal. He will hear. And He will heal. He is just waiting for His church to get on their knees and pray. That's why we are so passionate about Unity in the body of Christ. That's why we're so keen to see other churches come together and pray and seek His face. Because we know that when churches get together in unity, God commands the blessing.